Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and happy Thursday, gang. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to TalkSport Daily on today's edition of The Poddington. We've got the reaction to England's Nations League clash and reaction to the Great Danes after they beat us. There's some big news about Project Big Pull Your Pants Down Picture and Rangers legend Ali McQuist makes a big defence of Chelsea's N'Golo Kante. But we start with the former Crystal Palace owner, Simon Big Mouth Jordan, who continued his big assessment of pulling your pants down, big picture pulling your pants down, as the Premier League came together for an emergency meeting. His reaction to Oliver Dowden's comments as the culture secretary spoke at a DCMS hearing about big pull your pants down project pull your pants down. The Premier League spent a billion pounds in this most recent transfer window. That's more than the four... Um, richest uh, leagues in Europe after them combined. The money is there. He's talking absolute rubbish. The idea that he said earlier on in the year, we've got to get football started because it starts a transfer market. When the transfer market starts to spend, which by the way pays money into the exchequer, he turns around and says, uh, we'll hoist it by that petard. We've got four clubs, five clubs spending that money in the Premier League, not 20 clubs, and there's a cheap, lazy, bone-idle, ill-informed politician that makes these observations. I'm not suggesting football should get a bailout unconditionally. I'm not suggesting it should be a gift. But there's no reason why it can't be a government-backed loan that football can repay to be able to, to underpin the social fabric of the national sport. At the end of the day, what everyone keeps forgetting about these spoiled, overpaid footballers, and I'm in that camp at times as well, they forget how much money football plays into the exchequer. They forget about the PAY contributions that millions and Tens and tens and tens and hundreds of millions and billions get paid into the country's exchequer via the football industry. It doesn't entitle it to a pass. And I don't think it should be given a gift. I think it should be a low-interest loan that gets it out of the, the, the stook and yeah. gives it an opportunity to renegotiate with the Premier League. But the government has to do something. And a little later on, it was announced that all 20 Premier League clubs, yeah, including Liverpool and Man United, unanimously agreed that Project Big Pull Your Pants Down Picture will not be endorsed or pursued by the Premier League or the FA. Now, this is my show with the Sports Bar with me and Adam Cattrall, where we're reacting to the England defeat with the great Dane Denmark in the Nations League. Maguire's touch was heavy, and then he's going to be sent off. Harry Maguire is going to get a second yellow card for a rash challenge after a poor piece of control. And one of the Danish players nipped in past him. And Maguire, in lunging to try and get the ball, I think was oblivious to his presence, but he caught him. And Harry Maguire is sent off. And England will play an hour with ten men. He's going through one of those periods where a lot of things are going against him. And he's getting all sorts of 
comments and advice from people who should know better. But he's strong, um, and he's just got to tough this period out. The ball is fired in uh, his general direction. Pickford thinks about coming out. He's got himself stranded in no man's land. And in the end, Walker has given away a penalty. That's never a penalty either. A, a ridiculous decision in my mind. Really ridiculous decision. Pickford's caused a lot of that problem by shouting for it. Walker's trying to get out of his way. One of the reasons that he is picked ahead of everybody else is that he's good with his feet. And again, under pressure in that last minute on that dead ball, he was found wanting. I'm going to be really hard on him there. He was found wanting. And that was another shocking moment for me. It's Ericsson on his 100th appearance for Denmark who smacks it into the middle of the net. And England find themselves a man down. And the goal down. Christian Eriksen from the spot. It's England nil, Denmark one. The Jack Grealish thing is bizarre because Jack Grealish is our most informed midfielder right now. Why is he not playing? I don't care who your favourites are and what the system is. You find a place for that guy because he is red hot right now. Absolutely mm-hmm. red hot. You put him in there. When you've got two defensive midfielders and seven defensive-minded players against Denmark at home, you're making a rod for your own back. It's just... It's just oh. If I could swear on the radio, I would because I'm angry. Kane climbing up for it, headed on and brilliantly saved. Mount with the second header. Schmeichel dived to his left-hand side to pour it away. That's England's best moment of the night by a long way. A set-piece very nearly getting them back on level terms, but it's outstanding goalkeeping from Kasper Schmeichel. An absolutely brilliant reaction save. And it is a victory for Denmark. And the good work that England did in the Nations League campaign by beating the side ranked number one in the world, Belgium, comes to nothing. It evaporates very quickly on a controversial night at Wembley. It's quite obvious that Harry Kane, even though he's our best striker, I'm not going to dispute that, it's quite obvious that he is not match fit right now. Paul. I don't think that's the obvious. He was tonight, mate. He was nowhere near the game tonight. I'm sorry. So I, you're I telling thought, me that he didn't thought, see that in training? I'm sorry. I thought He was nowhere near it. He was nowhere near it. I thought his whole no. play tonight was excellent. No. He was a li- perhaps no. a little, and his anticipation was on the balls that were. But I, I, don't, I didn't look at that game and go, Harry Kane's not fit. He was putting crosses in in the last minute. Harry Kane is actually with uh, Faker Others right now. Let's get over to Faker Others and get a little bit uh, from uh, the England captain. Thanks very much, Adam. Yes, I am with Harry Kane, pitch side at Wembley here at the moment. Harry, how disappointing was tonight? Obviously, uh, disappointing to lose any game. I have to say I'm, I'm proud of the boys and proud of the fight that we showed for the first half hour, 35 minutes. I thought we were in control. Obviously, the sending, the sending off changes things. They got a penalty that was a 50-50 one, to say the least. And, and then we go 1-0 behind. But just to show the fight and the spirit that we did in the second half, they didn't create too many chances. We had two or three, a great save, one off the line. And yeah, we were fighting for each other all the way until the end. And so, yeah, it's obviously disappointing whenever you lose a match. But I think it's a good experience for us in this preparation in this preparation stage for, obviously, the Euros ahead. Because on nights like this, anything can happen. Uh, and as you saw today, we went down to 10 men. Uh, we go a goal behind, but look, we have to learn from it and, and just gain experience from it. England ending the game with two red cards. Gareth Southgate's talked about the need to consolidate and be consistent. And unfortunately, you couldn't do that this evening. But it does seem as if discipline on and off the pitch is is affecting this squad a lot it has done in both camps what do you need to do to try and rectify that yeah I, I don't think it's affecting the squads it's easy to talk about it from the outside and, and have opinions from the outside but we're a very strong unit yeah we spoke about being professional on and off the pitch we know we're role models uh, for everyone but we're human beings as well so you learn from your mistakes you grow from them uh, on and off the pitch so uh, like I said, OK, we went down to, to 10 men today, but the fight and the spirit and the togetherness that we showed was was exceptional. And that's what we're going to need if we want to go ahead and, and be successful in, in years to come. So, yeah, from my point of view, we're, 
we're heading in the right direction. It's just about keeping our head down, keeping our focus amongst ourselves, and we'll be all right. Now, you may remember on yesterday's poddy, Adrian Durham said this on Drive about Angola Kante. If you sell Kante and bring in Rice, it's a big upgrade because this is somebody who could do Kante's job and can go on the attack and can use the ball mm. quickly and well. So for me, Declan Rice is an upgrade on N'Golo Kante. Well, on breakfast, Super Ali McCoy responded to AIDS' comments defending the French international. I'm just not having Adrian. I mean, Adrian... <laughs> a, uh, Adrian not, or, or, or the comment? Uh, uh, both. <laughs> both. He's, he said he's putting his head above the parapet and I'm having a blast at it right now. Because <laughs> it, 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 his level of reasoning was that Kante was substituted in the World Cup final. Right now, what kind of argument is that to have? Right, it's the biggest game in the world football. People would give their eye teeth to play in a World Cup final, and he said as if it was some level of criticism that you know he's a World Cup winners medal, mate. I don't disagree with the opinion that longer term. Declan Rice might be, uh, not might be, I think he definitely will be a great option, whether it's for Chelsea or anybody else. But at this moment in time, for me, Canty would still be the number one holding player. Darren Bent now on breakfast discussing his time at Charlton and his manager, Alan Kirbishley, protected him when he was on the verge of an England call-up. In 2006, obviously, my first season at Charlton, it had gone really, really well. And our last game of the season was against Manchester United away. And I played the first half, and I think we were getting battered, but I was playing reasonably well. And at half-time, Alan Kirbishley took me off at half-time. And I thought, well, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? I've been fantastic all season, played really, really well. And he basically just said to me, well, listen, I'm protecting you, Darren, because... You've got, there's a big tournament in the summer. I believe that you're going to be in the squad for England. You've had a fantastic season, scored all these amount of goals. So for your own protection, so something doesn't happen, I'm giving you every opportunity to get yourself into that squad with no injuries or anything. And obviously, lo and behold, it, I got left out anyway. <laughs> I got left out anyway. But for, for Alan Kerbis, it was brilliant because he kind of saw what was coming and said, well, you know what, just for yourself, because he, well, no, I wanted to play the, the full game. He was like, I'm going to take the option away from you and obviously we'll, we'll see what happens. And as I said, ultimately, I didn't go. Sporting Chance Clinic has said gambling addiction has become the biggest issue amongst professional sports people. Their CEO, Colin Bland, told White and Jordan that although the relationship between sport and gambling companies need reviewing, now may not be an appropriate time. I'm really interested in whether the dependency of every sport on gambling then reflects the dependency of the population that play that sport. Uh, and I think we look at, need to look at the dependency of sport and over a period of time actually reduce, almost detoxify mm. sport from gambling. There's a lot of news around the sort of financial precariousness of a lot of sports at the moment in their current situation. It may not be responsible just to pull the rug away, but let's have a conversation. I don't think any industry should be so dependent upon another industry because in the, at the end of the day, uh, those industries start to then call the shots. Super Alan McCoyce now on breakfast discussing who Manchester United should have tried to sign this summer. If United were going to be really, really serious, really serious about centre forward, the old United were just that went out and bought Haaland or Kane. Simple as. Yeah. No messing about. Let's go and get the job done. And they went and bought one of these top, top centre forwards. As it happens just now, as I said, they've, 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 they've tried to sort of plug a gap, if you like. Um, and I said, 
Cavani might prove to be a, a, a good goal scorer this season, but is he the long-term centre-forward future of Manchester United? Absolutely not. Not a, not a chance, not a hope. So, you know, you can argue that, that you know, if, even if he does score a few goals this season, he might have faced with the same problem next year. But I just think years ago, I don't know whether you guys agree, I just think Manchester United, certainly under Fergie, would have just went out and, you know, no matter who or how much, or how much they were costing, they would have gone to get somebody like Haaland or indeed they'd have probably made Spurs an offer perhaps they couldn't even have, have knocked back uh, for Harry Kane back to Goffey on drive picking his Premier League Mount Rushmore yep. to Alex Ferguson he's in mind yeah um, the dominance of Manchester United while he was there just keep building team after team after team and just to, because he included his own academy players Mm. Um, every time he managed to find a way of getting them in the starting eleven and build that success, and he has to be in there. He'd be the first one, absolutely. There, right? Yeah. Second one uh, for me would be another manager, um, Mourinho. Um, I think when he came into Chelsea, um, he made it trendy. Really, let's be honest about it. For overseas managers coming in, he was already a name before he came here. Champions League success. So the managers have come before him, by the way. Mm. Um, not really many people knew, but with Mourinho, people knew him. He came in, announced himself as a special one, back-to-back league titles. Um, he went and did it again at Chelsea when he went back there. He's managed Manchester United. Now he's at Tottenham. Controversial. He's a proven winner. Um, so he has to be in there, Mourinho. He's not in mine. Well, he has to be in mine. Um, Thierry Henry, um, arguably, and the people will argue about it, but he is the greatest player the Premier League's had. Um, played there in 2007, came back on loan 11-12, obviously, which was just a bit of a, a farewell uh, thing. Great skills, 226 goals aid, club's record goal scorer, titles, part of the Invincibles, PFA Player of the Year that year as well. 30 goals that year, by the way, the Invincibles. So Thierry Henry has to be in there. And the last one might surprise you, Eric Cantona. Really? Eric Cantona, just everything that is about uh, Eric Cantona. is an iconic wow. uh, player full of technical brilliance. He tracks that sort of player, uh, now the Premier League. Uh, he were missing a piece, wasn't he, Manchester United and Sir Alex. He went and got Cantona, and what a spell with him at the, at the head. Four Premier League titles, two FA Cups, the goal celebration versus Sunderland in 96. That's why he's up there uh, for that alone. Um, that's the um, how, how they should uh, do it out. The kung fu kick, so everybody remembers that. Although it's, I wouldn't recommend that for anyone. Anyway. Banned for eight months, but most people know about it. And then just after that, when he did that poem, when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I remember. He has to be in there, Eric Cantona. Hello, I'm Laura Woods, and this is Talksport Daily. Over to Hawksby and Jacobs. Now you can hear them one to four every single weekday afternoon, and this is their feature they like to call Clips of the Midweek. We begin with Mike Mendoza. On the, we got some stories there on the overnight <laughs> show, taking a call. Uh, Dave's in Leeds. Dave, good morning to you, sir. Hello, is that me? Uh, I hope so, yes. You're right, Dave. You're <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave. You're right, Dave. Yeah, Davey's Mike. Yeah, indeed. Here's a uh, very angry caller who thankfully managed to bleep himself. 
I'd rather see the money spent on the NHS than some kid with a gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> Self-censorship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a point there. Yeah. Here's Mike Parry now alongside Graham Beecroft talking history. Yeah, what, what did uh, what did um, Lenin say? Was it Lenin? Uh, was it Stalin? Stalin, I think it was. Stalin said, uh, "Never mind, um, never mind. Um, successful generals, give me lucky generals any time." Oh, okay? was it Napoleon? Anyway, it could have been Napoleon, even. Yeah, could have, never mind. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, he was known for that, Na- Napoleon, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, this is uh, Jim Proudfoot. Ridiculous. <laughs> this is Jim Proudfoot taking a call. Keith, good evening. Hello, good evening. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> nice, isn't it? Yeah, not your show, mate. It's like Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> it was. Janet Fish- Webb. <laughs> now, here's Fisherman's Blues host Nigel Botherway uh, getting a bit racy. If you're out there fishing on the bank, if you've been at it all night, you should know the number by now. Do give me a call. Let me know how you got on. Have you got one in the sack? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really don't call and tell him that. <laughs> you're asking for trouble. Uh, this is the former kickoff host Terry Christian alongside Mickey Quinn. Where's the entertainment? Uh, Where's your money's you, worth? You've hit the knuckle on on the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, right, it? yeah, it comes from a boxing family, <laughs> Mick. Does, That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, yeah. it's back to Graham Beecroft with Alvin Martin going full partridge. Who would have thought, you know, sharks are becoming a little bit endangered, aren't they, at the moment? The big, big sharks. But And you would have thought that that would have no effect on, on the food chain. But in fact, it's in North Carolina, the death and the killing of virtually every shark in the sea is wiping out the scallop beds. Why? Because it's allowing the other smaller fish around that the shark would take, who like scallops, the, the shark doesn't take the scallops, but the smaller fish around the shark would take, and now it's taking the scallops, and therefore... Well, so it just shows you how uh, intricately interwoven things are in nature. Mm, they going up a few quid around. then, the old scallops in my local, this, won't they? Yeah, certainly will. OK, let's turn our attention to the championship now. Delighted to welcome Peter B. Green. <laughs> <laughs> Peter B. Green. Who, did he have an opinion about scallops or scallops? I don't, I've, got, I've got no idea. So it's that's some gear change, isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget, gang, that former Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger joins Alan Brazil, Ali McCoist and Jamie O'Hara for half an hour today from 9am on TalkSport Breakfast. Of course, if it's on after 10am, he's already been on, but fear not because he'll be in tomorrow's edition of The Poddy for sure, I'm sure. I'm back on the sports bar tonight with Adam Catchwell from 10 o'clock taking your calls. There'll be another one of these TalkSport Daily Poddies out first thing in the morning. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.